You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. It's going to be the uh, April 30th through May 2nd, so two weeks away. And is going to be packed with a lot of fun. So uh, a couple different speakers. So we're going to be really getting into some identity. We're going to do another uh, series of activations, outreaches. And uh, so the, the class, they're going to be helping to lead that. So you get to tag along and learn and have some fun and, and just bring kingdom with you. It's not intimidating. It is so much fun, especially when you have either that first or, or maybe it's like the 50th experience where you see somebody light up like this lady that she just showed you, right? And it's confirmation, because God is in the details again. It's, it's so good. So uh, definitely come out for that. Be here. Just you know, come and fill and go and release. It is going to be a, a brilliant, brilliant weekend. So Mindy, I'm going to steal and go ahead and do this. So guys, if you could you know, come to your feet here. The man I want to bring up today, weighing in between 100 and 200 pounds from this corner. At will, he brings a thrill to the grill. The king of cornhole, our prophet and apostle, Andrew Lowe. Thank you, sir. Oh, my gosh. I, just so you guys know, the reason why I do what I do is for that right there. Just kidding. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. Well, good morning. Uh, have you ever had the, one of those experiences with God where you know your spirit man loves what he's doing, but your natural man gets a little upset with him? You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? I'm having one of those moments. Um, I, there's been some things kind of mulling over in my mind the last couple of weeks, and I was preparing, coming in, and felt like Holy Spirit was saying, just do your thing today and don't go with your notes. So, so what that means is I'm nervous, number one, and number two, I have no idea what's going to happen. So I'm going to go with what I know, Okay. <clears throat> Um, I have, I pay attention to culture very closely and, and what happens, uh, American culture. And because I'm always looking at it and I'm looking for places where the kingdom of God can advance. And I, I do believe that oftentimes there are parallels that happen in culture, um, that are kingdom. Um, they may have had a natural man influence, but they're kingdom, and so I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking for an avenue where I see God working, the Spirit's working, and I want to move in that direction when he's moving in that direction. And over the last 10 years or so, I've noticed that there's been an increased um, expectancy, if you would, desire, uh, investigation of the things of the Spirit. I mean, I'm talking outside the church now. I'm just in general. It's just been an increased uh, level of people investigating that and looking for it and believing in it. And so for us, it's been something we've capitalized on for a long time. Um, started for me back in 2008. I started paying attention to that. And so however long it's been since then, um, I'm watching what happens with it, and I'm loving it. And I love that we have a group of people here that will, will run with that and do that. But in watching culture, I've also noticed that there's other things that happen in culture that aren't necessarily healthy. And... Right now, and I know you guys know this, but I want to bring it back to a focus here. Right now, fear is being peddled right and left. And it's making me sick on the inside. 
so sick I can't even watch the news anymore. I get my news by reading it. I just don't even look. I can't, I can't take it. And I won't let my spirit be clouded by the things that come in from the outside, right? I don't want that to happen because I am, in the natural man, I am a glass half empty. Anybody else like that? You weren't, you weren't born with this positive, we can do it. That's not my makeup. You know, I will see what's wrong with everything before I see what's right. I really do appreciate people, thank you, dear. Really do appreciate people that are, have that positive glasses half full or glasses all full, however it is. But, so I have to be careful of my intake. So if that's you and you can relate to that, let me just say to you, watch what you're digesting. Watch what you're digesting because there is, it's a reality that we can let the circumstances, the situations, the culture around us taint what goes on inside of us. And I don't want my ecosystem on the inside to ever reflect what's going on in this world. I want it to reflect what's going on in heaven. It's not that I'm afraid of it. It's just I know on my inside there are certain things I can handle. And I, and I pay very close attention to what happens in my ecosystem. I, I've learned over the last few years, even asking myself quite often, what am I feeling right now? Because oftentimes that's a, a, a revelation for what's really going on inside of me. So that's one of the things I've been feeling a lot. And it's, it's really making me sick to my stomach. And I want to bring this to you this morning, and we'll see where this goes. That I believe that the fear of the demonic realm is running rampant through the world right now. And we need to be careful that we don't get um, in support of it. And what I mean by getting in support of it is we engage with what's going on. Either by default or by simple earthly desire to want to change something. You will never change culture. You will never change the world around you from an earthly desire. My... Humanity without God at the center is demonic in nature. So I have to let whatever is going on inside of me come from that base of this is coming from what Holy Spirit is doing. Can I get an amen to that? So one of the things that I felt is just this overarching fear. And I've just recently heard stories. I heard one yesterday uh, from someone who went to stay with somebody else and sleep in the room with them, just to be near them, because they were afraid they were going to die. A young person, 20 years old. You probably know this, but the suicide rate over the last year has just exponentially gone through the roof. That's demonic. And it's fear-motivated. You can pretty much trace any kind of those kinds of actions, anything that's related to death and destruction will come back to fear at some level. It does. And I see it, and it's just, it's overwhelming the culture right now. That's not who we are. I want to encourage you to listen to Holy Spirit. Listen very closely whenever you are out and about doing your thing. You'll know it's Holy Spirit if you're doing it in love. Right? That's your first measure. It's your first checkpoint. If you're doing it in love, whatever you're doing. But listen to Holy Spirit, because I have an idea. What God wants to do is to bring change to the culture around us through the church. And don't be afraid of it. Sometimes I, I, I'm fearful that the church is more concerned with being contaminated by the world than they are being effective in it. Greater is he that's in me. Come on. 
light dispels darkness, right? But the only way it changes is if we adopt heaven's mindset. We, we walk into situations and we go, the kingdom of God is inside of me. And I know how to release it. I know what heaven is like because I visit all the time. I can impart it wherever I go because I'm seated with him in heavenly places and I don't have to beg God to do anything. I'm just enforcing it. So I want to do something this morning. We're going to start with this. I want to pray. Not just talk about it. I want to pray. And I want to sit in here just to be honest because I feel like what's happening is there are people in here all across, but people in here too, that you're afraid of dying or you're afraid of somebody close to you dying. Whether they're sick or not. It's just this thing that's just, and it's not God. I'm telling you, it's not God. Second Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear. So if he didn't give us a spirit of fear, where did it come from? All right, well, let's don't play around with it. Let's don't play around with it. If God didn't give it to us, we know it's demonic. And if it's demonic, we don't need to play around with it. Fear is never and has never been your friend. I heard Jack Haver say one time, Jack Hayford, he said, treat fear like that friend that always treats you in a bad way, that is always wrong to you, they're not really a friend, right? You just start moving them to the outer circles of your life. Treat fear like that. I'm not going to give in to it. I'm not going to bow, bow down to it. And where I see it, where I see it manifesting in people's lives, I'm going to speak to it. Again, love being my gauge, but I'm going to speak to it. Can we do this together? Because, I, man, I'll tell you. I'm getting amped here. I will not let, in my sphere, whatever sphere that is, I will not let the demonic rule people around me. I will not. I'm here to set captives free. Bring deliverance, hope, life, destiny. Fear of death is demonic. Suicide, it's demonic. I know, I have been there. I have been there. Again, my natural man is 15 minutes away from depression at any given moment. That's why we can't live by our natural, right? I know that. I know what that feels like. And there's no shame. You got to kick shame to the curb. Kick it to the curb. If you're having thoughts of suicide, kick shame to the curb. And shame isn't just you did something bad. Shame says you are bad. There is something wrong with me. That's what shame just says. Kick shame to the curb. Can we agree right now that shame doesn't belong in this room? Guilt does not belong in this room. Fear does not belong in this room. It doesn't belong on anybody in this room. So we're just going to do prayer like we do oftentimes here. Because we are the body of Christ. And again, you are activated. Um... People in here who've had any kind of fear in life right now, I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable. Fear of dying, someone you love dying, or suicide, or somebody that you love. Fear of suicide, or you're afraid for them. If that's you, can you put your hand up and be brave? Oh, you guys are awesome. Okay. Now, here's what I want to do. Keep your hands up. Those of you who don't have your hands up, I want you to turn around in your seat and find somebody close to you. Maybe they're in front of you. And just, if it's okay with you guys... Put your hand on them. Just put it on your shoulder right now. Once you have a hand on you, you can put your hand down. Keep your hand up until somebody's with you. We got it? 
Excellent. You guys are awesome. There's one right there. Somebody grab right here. Excellent. This is who we are as a church. Now, we don't need to pray and say, I break fear. This is what the Spirit does, all right? This is what the Spirit does. So just pray right now, out loud, just begin to pray for them and say, no more. No more does fear have a grip. No more does it have a hold. Death, right now, leave. The thoughts of death, the influence of death right now. We know it's demonic in nature, so leave right now. Every bit of fear of death, leave right now. Suicidal thoughts, leave right now. Every thought that you may have about suicide, leave right now. Lord, I'm praying for an injection of value and destiny. Right now, Holy Spirit, just stick them in the arm. Stick them in the arm with an injection right now of Holy Spirit destiny and value and worth. Lord, I pray for visions in people's minds right now who have lived under fear, of visions right now of the power that they carry inside of them to bring change to the people around them. Bring it. Bring it. No more. No more. We refuse to be a people who live with and entertain fear. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Can we all just say amen to that? Amen. Amen. I really do appreciate you guys raising your hands, being vulnerable. This is the church. This is how we function. It's so good. I'm not interested in coming in here and doing good church. I have lost all interest in that. I'm more interested in being church. It's so good. All right. The word says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, right? A lot of what Satan peddles in is running through our airwaves. Don't tune in. I mean, follow your convictions. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm saying follow your conviction, but live, find them. Find what they are. Find what they are. Be powerful people. I have a desire to see that, to see the church come out of fear, come out of this self-deprecating, I'm not worthy. That's not humility, that's stupidity. Now, think about the logic in this for a moment. If we actually believe that I'm not worthy, Jesus does not die for junk. You have such intrinsic value inside of you. Humanity has such intrinsic value inside of it that he would give himself for it. Come on. Thoughts that run through your head, I'm just not worthy. I'm not good enough. I will never be. Those right there are thoughts demonically inspired. 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Why? Because not every thought you have is your own. Not every thought you have is your own. You do know that, right? Paul talks about it in Corinthians. I think it's 2 Corinthians 4. He says, the God of this world blinds the minds of the unbelieving lest the light of the gospel should shine on them. Listen, every one of us has in us a place of unbelief. That is not just about being saved or not saved. He blinds the minds of the unbelieving lest the light of the gospel would shine on them. I want the light of the gospel to shine. I want it on you. I want it on me. That word noyema right there is Greek. 
He blinds the minds, noema. That word is actually thoughts. It's not just a mind as in an entity. It's actually thoughts. He speaks all the time, learning to differentiate and say, this is not God, this is God. Critically important. Critically important. You know you can do that, right? Man. Can we dream? Can we dream of what it would look like to see a group, a body of believers who got so filled with the Spirit, so aligned with how God sees us that we don't try to do evangelism, we just are evangelism. We don't go witnessing, we are a witness. There's no on-off switch. There's no sacred-secular split. There's no clergy-laity. What would it look like if we believed that declaration we just did? Everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. Everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. I believe that. I really do. My core, I'm like, everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. Is this connecting at all this morning? I just, I... I'm not interested in just talking and saying good things. I want to make sure that things are right. Hmm. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what did he give us? Power, love, and a sound mind. You know the verse. Power, that word there is dunamis. In the Greek, it's where we get the word dynamite. This is what he's given you. It's not some ethereal kind of power. It's actual power. And love. What could be greater than that? And a sound mind. Literally translated, it would say safe thinking. Safe thinking. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow. Are you dreaming with me on this? Can you, can you imagine it? What it would look like? For the church to lose all of the charismatic voodoo, which if we're being honest, some of it is. And I can say that because I'm one of those. Lose the charismatic voodoo. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and do it. Just following. How many in here work in offices? Hold your hand up high. I want to be able to see it good. Okay. Did you know that that's your sphere of influence? That's not mine. It's yours. That's your sphere of influence. Start talking to God, asking Holy Spirit, what would it look like if I'm dreaming your heart, your thoughts, what would it look like if in my office it became a perfect health zone? What if it became a place where the kingdom of heaven shows up on a regular basis? Could it be the kind of place where people come in and get healed and set free and delivered? 
Start dreaming with God on that. Lose the notion that somebody else is going to do it. Anybody else in here, you don't necessarily work in an office, but you work around a group of people in some form or fashion? Yep, okay, good. Well, all of us do at some level, I guess. That would be all of us in the room. Start dreaming with God and asking him, what would it look like? What would it look like? Holy Spirit, give me a vision of what it would look like if the people around me got so rocked by you that we become a Holy Spirit infection that invades everywhere we go. What would it look like? <laughs> yep. Yep. Love looks like something. It looks like something. Hmm. Wow. All right. Just pray with me a minute here. Let's just see what God does. I feel like I'm catching thoughts that are flying through the room right now. And I feel like they sound something like this. I can't because of my family. Or my family made me this way. Or I was born into this and so therefore I am like this. Is that anybody in the room? You have any kind of thoughts like that? Okay. Good, good. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that thought pattern breaks. Right now. Part of this charismatic voodoo that I talk about is this belief that there is generational curses. There are minds that need to be renewed, but there are no generational curses. If there are, then Jesus left something out, and I don't believe he did. I don't believe that. I just need my mind to be renewed to the superior reality that he broke the curse. Galatians says he became a curse. He was it. So right now, in the name of Jesus, any thoughts like that, leave. Leave. Can I get somebody to say amen to this? Leave. Right now, it's getting replaced. Let yourself, if that was you. Just say, Holy Spirit, tell me what I get in place of that. Since that leaves and that's gone, what do I get in place of that? And just listen to him.
Others in here, you've been through some kind of traumatic experience. Something. It may have been abuse of some kind. It may have been like a car accident. It may have been just, uh, who knows, death of a family member or someone close to you. That some kind of traumatic event has begun to define who you are. Can I share with you some good news? You're not defined by your trauma. You're defined by your healer. You are not defined by your trauma. You are defined by your healer. Put your hand on your head. God, just heal my mind. Every place where it's broken and it keeps running in circle and ending up in the same place and it's not healthy right now. God, heal my mind. Heal my mind. Lord, I'm praying right now for this physical thing to happen in everybody's mind right now that the synapses that have fired in a certain way for so long that it can't find another pathway, that those things break right now. And Holy Spirit, you make a new pathway. Make a new pathway. A new pathway. All the negativity, all the demonic influence break. All of that broken. Bring the revelation of new creation realities. Deposit them in my head. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. I feel like we're getting somewhere. Third John, verse 1 and 2 says, From the elder to my dearly loved brother Gaius, whom I truly love. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul prospers. Do you see what's happening here? It's not just about physical health. It's about internal health. It's about my ecosystem, my emotional system. He's praying he would prosper not just physically, but emotionally. Anybody want to receive that today? I wanted not just healing in my body. I want it emotionally. Yeah. Every one of us is broken somehow in, in here, right? Every one of us. But I'll tell you this to encourage you. Your story may be different than my story, but it's the same story. It's just simple brokenness. It's just trauma, it's damage, it's hurt, it's pain, it's lies, it's all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, you don't have to be defined by that. And you see Paul praying for it right here for his friend. He's like, I want more than just health in my body. I want health in my soul. He doesn't just say, I want you to be healthy. He says, I want you to prosper. Do you know what a prosperous soul looks like? Fear of man is gone. It's not that you just don't care. It's not like that. It's not just a, I don't care what people think. It's not that at all. It's a confidence that's carried and it's under restraint. 
It's so confident, it's so strong, but it's held under restraint. So it has the ability to say in any given situation, I'll do this or I won't do this, I'll do that, I won't do that. It just, it doesn't bow to what the group is doing. How many want that? Right? Every, every one of us at some level is so concerned, more concerned with what somebody might think or say about us. And so we live towards that instead of living from a place of being healthy. I want to live healthy. I tell you what, the fear of man, Proverbs says, brings a snare. You're trapped. As soon as you give into it, you're trapped. Now that's sad, because as soon as I'm trapped, the kingdom of God is not going to flow through me. I can't let it come out anymore. I don't want to be trapped. Health on the inside looks like there's no fear of man. But it also looks at itself circumspectly. Ephesians 5, see that you walk circumspectly. You're looking all around. You see what's happening around you. You're aware. Living healthy has a high level of awareness of what's going on around them. And they can have that because they're not living in a fear of man. They're able to see what God is doing. They're able to see people for who they are with zero concern about what's, how you're being perceived. In other words, you don't think like a victim. How many in here are victors? Yeah, some of you are going to get set free today that didn't raise your hand. <laughs> How many in here are overcomers? This is right. It's right. That's right. We did a little activation in the room today. And Jay, so funny, he brought some stuff for us just to look at. It was like a primer, I guess, if you would. And what was the one about Mount Everest? Yeah, before Mount Everest was discovered, what was the tallest mountain? Anyone? It was Mount Everest, that's right. But see, what happens is our minds go to it has to be something else. We do that in the spirit all the time. We, we, we think that somehow just because we haven't discovered it, that it doesn't exist. So much more exists in the kingdom than we are aware of, but it does not change its existence. Yeah, I'm going to pray over you again. We'll see what happens with this. All right. I pray this a lot, but it's, I don't ever want to stop praying it. I want to pray that Holy Spirit invasion into your heart and to your mind would be tangible. Right now, a full manifestation of Holy Spirit into your body, that you would feel it. The Greek word for experience actually has it where it could be defined as you know who God is through my taste, my smell, my touch, my hearing, my sight. It's experiential. Don't be afraid of it. Thank you, God. Just experience Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm praying right now that your impartation of heaven would jump into every mind and heart right now. Just fall on it right now. 
so that the things that we didn't know existed, now we know they exist. That's right. It's that revelation. That's right. <laughs> Praying for an apocalypse, right? We think that word means destruction into the world. It actually means revelation. So when people talk about the world apocalypse, I'm like, come on, bring it. Bring it. Yes, Holy Spirit, you're landing right now. Somebody feeling something in their arms, like right here? Like, it doesn't hurt, but you're feeling something in your arms right here. Is that anybody in the room? You feel something in your arms right there? I felt it too. I just felt like God was saying, I'm speaking to you like that. Listen to me. I'm speaking to you like that. Ask him what it means. Oftentimes, he will speak to us not through our intellect. He'll speak through our heart. He'll speak through our body even. Yes, that's so good. Thank you, God. Lord, just the revelation of who you are. Yes, God. Yes. Thank you, God. Yeah. Let's break off this lie here, too. That somehow we've got this distorted view of the gospel. Let's just take it real basic for a moment, okay? We have this distorted view of the gospel. That we think somehow the gospel exists to tell us what we need to change in our lives. That is not true. The gospel exists to tell you what Jesus has already changed. The gospel does not exist to tell you what you need to change in your life. Well, I need to be more like this. I need to be more like this. Can we just kick that to the curb too? This I need to stuff puts me back in the throne. I need to. I need to. Nope. Nope. Trust me, you ain't that good. It doesn't exist to tell you what to change in your life. It, it exists to tell you what Jesus has already changed. This is the gospel. The gospel actually is God's final word on the condition of man. You'll get that one tomorrow. It's God's final word on the condition of man. My condition was changed because of what he's done, not because of what I do. And here's the good news, church. No matter what you do, you can't change it back. You can't. You can't rewrite your DNA. Doesn't the word say your new creation? You can't rewrite your DNA. You've never been able to do that. Well, Andrew, what if I do things wrong? Well, it doesn't change who you are. You fall down in the mud. Do people call you mutters? Why? Because it's not an identity. How about we just have a repentance where we change our mind on any place where I've inserted myself into the gospel. I'm a recipient of it. I'm a recipient of it. Hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, is this helping today? Any kind of thoughts of I need to, I need to, I need to, trust me. Trust me, kick it to the curb. 
now. It is not your friend. I need to do this. I need to do that. Nope. How about we just start lining up with the truth? Start reading the Bible and find out what has actually been done for you. And say to yourself, I don't need to do that. Jesus did that. What I need to do is begin to line up with it. Lord, show me where I have places of unbelief. Show me where I have places where I don't believe what you said. I have become the righteousness of Christ. I am the light of the world. Right? Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And he says, you're the light of the world. Tag, you're it. You're absolutely sanctified. Hello? You're absolutely righteous. You're absolutely holy. Now, if this offends you, it's probably because there's some level in your mind where you're thinking, well, I've got to do something in order to get there. You can't. You can't. As a matter of fact, it should bring us back to a level of absolute humility and wonder. Do we have something here? Okay, so um, we've had someone in our family who's, who was very depressed. And when Andrew started talking about fear, I was like, oh, I'm over it. And then when I started getting prayer, I realized I wasn't. And then the prayer was over. And I was really mad at you, Andrew, because I didn't want to think about it anymore. You know, I just wanted it to be over with. And um, so I'm sitting there like, I can't just deal with this fear this quickly. This is just not, this is not right. I'm going to need lots more prayer. <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true, right? right. So um, I look down at my phone and I don't know, did you get the email I just sent you, Dan- Joey? Okay. So I looked down at my phone and my dad, who um, is a retired pastor and should be in church, texted me and he texted me this picture and he says I really wish I would have found this on Danny's birthday my son and um did you have the picture if not I'll just tell you okay he didn't get the picture so it's a picture of my dad holding Joe holding Danny with this love between them and God says he's in my arms and I just like had to leave because it just and what really, what really hits me is God's timing because my dad should be in church. And if he's watching this, <laughs> he should be in church. <laughs> but I know it's all COVID thing. But he texted me right when I needed it, right when I needed that picture. Um, and I'm not mad at you anymore. <laughs> well, you know, that happens, though. You know, you start blaming other people for your own issues. So anyway, um, thank you for having us pray for that. Awesome. I guess I'm not done. If you need more prayer and you haven't got it completely dealt with just what's here, come forward and let us pray for you again, okay? Because God can do those things. Yes. Yes, so good. That's so good. Thank you, Julia. Listen. He has a name in Hebrew that we don't talk about. It's Jehovah Sneaky. He has a way of depositing these things into our lives just to bring us hope and encourage us, right? I was having a conversation with my wife this morning about what we're doing here, and she said, just be the apostle who you are. Just be who you are. 
so I'm hoping this is making sense and connecting. I know it's, it's drastically different than what is normal, but I'm learning to be more comfortable with doing that. But as soon as we get done having a conversation, I get a text from a good friend of mine. I mean, almost immediately, David Jackson. He sends me a text. Now, this will make sense if I tell you this. Where's a... There he is, back over there. You prophesied during OSSM. Remember that? Over me? And what did you say? Yep. He prophesied over you. He said you're like Gandalf. Well, I think Gandalf's a pretty cool person. Right? So I get a text from my friend who heard that. David, he was in the school. He heard that. And he texts me this morning right after the conversation. Picture of Gandalf. And underneath it, it says, Gandalf's role in Lord of the Rings. And he starts to list what his role was. And he says, this is you. Brings the supernatural. Main source of hope for the army. Acts as the general, strategic leader. Unites different people who normally wouldn't join together. A gift of faith in the darkest moments. Empowers normal and disqualified people to do amazing things. Hobbits. Right? Restores, somebody's taking that personal, I'm sorry. Restores people to their royal identity. Aragon. Sets captives free from the grip of darkness. And then hashtag never forget. Now, I actually have a Gandalf outfit now. I do. And when I put that on, I am boss. I am, I am Gandalf. It's true. Now, I know that's silly, guys. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek. But listen, I really do feel like that. God is wanting to communicate to you who you are. Who you are. Why? So we don't, we're not succumbed to the wiles of what goes around us in our world. Where we're not pulled into news stories. We're not pulled into Facebook stories. Because those are true. We're not pulled into... We're not pulled into biased news stories. We're just simply going, Holy Spirit, you know what's true. You know what's real. I can read the news. I can even watch it, but I'm going to watch it through the lens of Holy Spirit so I know that I get what you're wanting to do, right? I don't want to be a person that prophesies according to my sight. Why? Because Romans 12 says, prophesy according to your faith. It's real easy to see something and begin to prophesy something that is not heaven. Prophesy according to your faith. Generally, a good place to start is when you see something wrong, just ask what's the opposite of that and begin to prophesy that. Can we do that? Can we be a church where we are powerful people? We are powerful people. And powerful people know how to hold up the weak. They know how to bring encouragement. They know how to bring impartation. They know how to bring the kingdom. This is powerful people. It's not, I'm not talking about powerful people who come in a room and think they have to be in charge. Powerful people come in a room and they listen and they go, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And just follow what he says. How many in here are powerful people? Good. Is anybody in here a victim? No. You're a victor. That's right. Everybody stand up here. I'm going to pray for us. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, God.
Jesus did not show up on the scene to reveal what was wrong with us. Right? Because he said, I came to reveal the Father. Why? Because at some level, we're orphans. And we need to shift our mentality. He didn't come to reveal what's wrong with us. He came to reveal the Father. And our desperate need for one. So hold your hands out right here. It's what we call assuming the position. (laughs) Assume the position here. Yes, Father, I pray everything that has been you this morning, everything that has been a revelation from heaven right now that has hit every mind in this room, anybody that's had any kind of revelation, Father, I pray you glue it to their head. Glue it inside their minds. Super glue it to the mind and to the heart so that it isn't stripped away, that it isn't washed away. Fear is gone. Love has come. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is gone. Love has come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we live as powerful people because we have the kingdom inside of us. Amen? Amen. If you guys still need some prayer, we'll have some people up here. They'd be more than willing to do that for you. But be blessed in Jesus' name and go with God. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.